There's a passage of scripture that I want you to see here this morning. Uh, But before I do that, let me just ask you this. What if in the church that we created, and this is what we're talking about, what if? What if we created an environment and a culture where people, all people could use their giftings and and the area that they're gifted and uh, the church could be considered the epicenter of life where every good thing comes from. The church is the epicenter of life where people can use their giftings, their creativity, and that they did not have to go outside the church to release those, but they could release them inside the church because what the world needs is what the church has, what God desires the church to become. But you know what? So often what we do is we say, can we do that in the church? Can we do that? Can we do that? Everything that God has created, he created to publish the gospel. He created it to use for the gospel. And so what we want to do is everything that God has created, we want to use to publish the gospel, not to hold back and say, oh, that's the world. That's the world way of doing this. Can I just tell you something uh, just very quickly here this morning? Um, There was a, there was a, there was a, um, I, I heard an example in a story of a, uh, a, a young adult group, young adult meeting. And uh, the church, this church was launching their young adult group, young adult meeting. And, um, and so the pastor was there, but it was, it was like, a, I don't know, a little over a hundred of them. And they were, they, they, they were just having, a, uh, just sharing and relating to one another. And then they just had a time of dance. Uh, And as they uh, were dancing and they had a list of songs that they were going to play, that the DJ would play, that would be. And man, the pastor got so upset. And so he got up that Sunday morning and they showed a little clip and he didn't know that they were going to really show that. But he got up that Sunday morning and he said that, you know, this is not who we are. This is not who what we do. This is not. So often in our lives, we feel like we give people feel like rather they given up something to serve God but we actually have the freedom to serve him more freely than we did when we were serving the kingdom of darkness. And let me just give you a perfect example that probably set you free. How many of you know that there's no such thing, and I I hear this all the time, of secular music and Christian music. There's no such thing. Uh, In the Bible, there was no bluegrass, there was no hip hop, there was no jazz, there was no country and western, there was no gospel. There was no what we call as our worship type music. There was none of that in the Bible. See, there's no such thing as secular music and Christian music. What there are are secular lyrics and Christian lyrics. The Bible says that the words that you use and the things that we hear should promote you to good thoughts. Therefore, when you hear a song and when you sing a song or when you, when you uh, regardless of the beat, then if that promotes you to biblical values, Christian values, then that's something that you can listen to. Now, if it promotes you to that that is against what the word of God says, then it is not something that you should listen to. For some of you that may not have been here long, let me share you, give you an example of that. You know, Harold Melvin wrote a song, the world will get no better if you just let it be. You can sing that song. So, so we recognize then that um, there are some songs you can listen to. 
You know, when I, I, I love the Isley Brothers and I sing that song, Living for the Love of You. And, you know, I just sing that to Gwen because it talks about waking up in the morning and she's there. So notice this. There's no such thing as Christian lyrics. I mean, there's no such thing as Christian music and secular music. It's the lyrics. It's the lyrics. And so if you are um, what you're listening to, it, uh, it promotes the thoughts that are consistent with. Now, how many of you know that if you're single, there's a different story, though. If you're single and you, there are some songs that married couples can sing that single, couples can't, single people can't. So we have been called by God, our assignment, to encourage, to equip, and to empower people to live successful Christian lives. To encourage, to equip, to empower people to live successful Christian lives. Come on, let me hear you say this, that we have been called and given an assignment by God to equip, to encourage, and to empower people to live successful Christian lives. And so if you recognize that, then there are five basic areas that God has called us to focus on. And I want you to dream uh, as we look into 2020, I want you to dream about God's dream for your life. And of uh, these uh, five things that God uh, has called us to focus on are spiritual. Um, he's called us to focus on vocationally where people will be uh, pursuing uh, called work, um, relational where people will have healthy relationships, physical, that they're healed in their bodies, financial, they're financially empowered, and then everything is based on our spiritual foundation where we're using the word of God to teach all of these elements here. And so when I talk about spiritual, what I want you to do is I want you to begin to dream just a little bit today. I want you to dream about how your life will be spiritually when you are so close to God that you are fully persuaded that your life pleases him. Can you imagine, dream about what your life would be like in a relationship with him like that? I want you to dream about vocationally. Dream about what your life would be like if you discovered your purpose in life and you pursued meaningful work that you were created to do. One of the greatest tragedies in life is not dying, but people living and never finding their place in life. But can you dream about... I know what I'm supposed to do because the Bible says that God decided what he wanted you to do and then he tailor-made you to do that very same thing. So when we begin to do things that we were not tailor-made to do, it really doesn't fit us. It really, we get irritated. That's why there are so many people in life, even in, in, in Christian families, that are so mean to each other because they are out of place. They haven't found their place in life and so there's that stress where they're trying to be something that God did not design them to be. In this upcoming year, we're going to address that. And I believe that every person that is willing to attend, to listen, to do, will discover their own unique purpose for living. And then the called work that God has for them to do. And so that's what God, you'll be equipped, encouraged, and empowered. And let's talk about relationally, relationally. What does that look like relationally? I want you to dream about what your family would be like. If you're married, what your marriage would, what a healthy marriage would be like. For you honored one another, you respected one another. Can you imagine and dream that what would your life be like uh, if you had a great family? 
that supported one another, that respected one another. Your children did not turn their, you looked at them and it looked like that they were spinning their head around, but they honored you. They honored you as, as the Bible talks about in, in Ephesians 5. They honored you. You honored them and you honored one another. Think about that. What about, what would your life be like if you had authentic friendships? Where people were not becoming friends with you based on who you, what you do, how much you have, what they can get from you. But they were motivated simply out of someone God has partnered them up with in life in terms of relationship. Now, physical. I want you to dream about ending up in great physical shape where you look good. You look better than you look right now. And when someone invited you to go swimming, you would be able to go. But better than that, that not only did you look good, but you felt good. See, the Bible tells us that we are the, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, if your body's destroyed, how can the Spirit dwell? And so many times that our assignment is cut short simply because we haven't taken care of the temple. And so uh, we're going to focus on that in this upcoming year. And in each of these areas, we're going to focus on them collectively at a church, as, a, as a, a spiritual family, but then there are uh, specific areas that we have champions, people that will spur us on in these particular areas. But all of these will be an intentional focus uh, because we'll end up at the end of the year where God desires us to end up. We'll end up, but not by accident. We won't drift to that place. We're going to have to be intentional to take the steps to get there. And you know what? I want you to begin to record your life at the beginning of next year. And then you'll see how God has worked in your life, in your marriage, in your relationships, in your bodies. Uh, You'll see how God has moved you from just doing stuff to doing meaningful things. You'll see how your life has become more pleasing to him. And you know what? you'll become, I believe, and a people that will become financially, moving toward financial independence or financial empowerment because we don't want to be independent financially because the Bible tells us that our sustenance comes from God and we never want to be independent from him. We just want to be empowered. That's what the anointing does. We want to have a financial anointing where we're empowered financially. That's what we want, not independent. We want to be financially empowered. And look at this. I want you to dream about this. Dream about this. Dream about what your life would be like if you were empowered financially. Just think about that. For you don't owe anybody anything. Dream about what your life would be like if you were totally debt free. Dream about what your life could be like if you could generously give whenever God calls you to. Let me promise you something, that you can end up at those places where we've talked about spiritually, vocationally. Uh, You can end up at those places relationally, uh, uh, financially, and physically. You can end up at those places, but you will not end up there by chance. But I promise you this, that if you're willing to take the journey, stay on the bus, and, 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 and ride throughout, and if you're willing to do what God instructs us to do, I promise this, you this. I promise you that you'll get up every day and you'll be energized knowing 
that God has given you a purpose, you're pursuing that purpose, and that the, your life is better than it has ever been in the past. Why? It's because when you are following and allowing his steps to be ordered, your steps to be ordered by him, that as you break out, there are enemies. Look, he's going to anoint you and cause your cup to overflow. How? In the presence of your enemies. Because why? We are the sheep that are following our shepherd. And that's what he has promised us. Look, there comes a point in our lives where we've got to recognize. This Bible says that where there is no vision, the people perish. Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. That word perish, it means to be loose. It refers to loosey-goosey. But you know what? I love the way the Message Bible says it. And notice this, what the Message Bible says. Come on, champions, would you read that with me? And would you read it with me like you know it is the word of his power? Now, if people can't see what... Stop right there. Let's read this like we know it is the word of his power. Let's read it together now. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals... They are most blessed. Notice this. If you can't see what God is doing, you stumble all over yourself. The Bible calls that perish or it calls it to be really loose. You're just kind of loosey-goosey and, and you don't have a purpose where you're going. So you just stumble through life. Now, it says that if, if, if we can't see, it doesn't mean that you're seeing what he's, what he's done. But, but how do we see what God is doing first? By faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not what? Seen. So now notice this, that there are steps that we'll take that will be faith steps. And that's how you see what God is doing. And so, so, so notice this. It says that now when you attend, it says, to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Notice this word attend, it's kind of like a school meaning. It means to be present. And then it also means to be doers. So now by faith, you are seeing what God wants to do. And then you are uh, uh, participating and you are doing what God has said. And then the Bible says, you are most blessed. Let me ask you this. And I just want you to say, uh, if you want to be blessed in this upcoming year, would you say, uh-huh? Well, the Bible tells us clearly how do we get there. We attend, uh, see what God's doing by faith, and then we begin to do it. And that's why the spiritual element is so close, because you're going to be so close to God. That's our objective, to be so close to God that we'll be able to, to know that what we're doing is pleasing to him. Now... It's so critical that we uh, recognize that uh, if people can't see what God is doing, that they stumble all over themselves because, you know, the half of the marriages, in terms of statistics, end up in divorce. And um, the Bible says where there's no vision, you can stumble through life, always hoping for something better. But, you know, Gwen and I um, and uh, uh, Elder Horace kind of uh, years ago made this recommendation to us and uh, he and Pam in, uh, in New Orleans, before they moved here to Texas, that they were uh, marriage uh, uh, counselors, or they used a curriculum called Prepare and Rich. And so Gwen and I got certified for Prepare and Rich. And, um, and it's an amazing, uh, um, customized 
uh, premarital that it really consists of about 10 weeks. It's a big endeavor. But Gwen and I will not marry a, a, a couple who will not commit to going through the entire 10 weeks of, 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 of a, a premarital counseling. We, we will not do it. Because it's, I think the statistics is like 85% of those who go through it and are willing to do the work are still together over 15 years later. Now, see, I'm just sharing so much with you today. That's why I like these sessions here where we can talk. Uh, number one is that it focuses on various areas. It focuses on communication, conflict resolution. It focuses on financial, not necessarily uh, we're not going through your financial plan or anything like that, but you understand how money works and you work a plan together. There's homework. It focuses on your family map, how you were raised, how you see your current relationship, and then how to bring those things together. It focuses on leisure activities, what you like, what she likes, or he likes, and then it brings it together. It's amazing, but this is the key here. We no longer counsel people, or let me say this, advise people uh, in premarital sessions on the general stuff. Like, you know, this is the role of the man, this is the role of the woman. What this does is it tells us uniquely how to advise them on their unique relationship. And so it is a customized focus based on the couple their strength areas, and their areas that are available for growth. And isn't it wonderful when you can have what was weak can become strong, but what's strong can be reinforced. And rather than just saying, hey, you know what? Well, God says the man's supposed to do this, the woman's supposed to do this, and they're saying, I still don't know application. So it's a really wonderful thing. And so uh, I just uh, want to encourage you, those of you that are thinking about getting married, um, you're going to want to go through a real strong uh, premarital counseling because the enemy doesn't like married couples. The Bible tells us that he has, this is how bad he, this is how much he dislikes married couples. He dislikes them so much that he'll try to cause a division between two people. And God says it like this, I love him so much that I'm going to break it down to a common denominator. If two will agree, then that's the place of power. So notice this, if a husband and a wife will agree, the enemy can't stop you. And so we come to a place of agreement and because you have enough, enough challenges trying to learn each other. Can't put, can't put a pot in the refrigerator off the, that makes no sense at all, does it? It makes no sense that you have to squeeze toothpaste in the middle of the tube. It makes no sense, does it? Well, it did to Gwen. And I learned quickly that the stronger our relationship becomes, the less I have to remember rules. Why? It's because uh, as long as we trust each other, we believe that we are working together for the betterment of one another, that's all that matters. Why? Is because like this morning, I asked Gwen, sweetie, would you like a cup of coffee? She said, yes, would you make me one? And I said, yeah, I will. I'd be happy to. I went over there and made a cup of coffee for her. 
and I was too long putting that whipped cream in it. <laughs> Next thing I saw, she was up. So let me just kind of begin to wrap things up. As, as, as God gives us this vision, as he gives you this vision for 2020, guys, we're not going to play. Uh, this is how serious I am. It's been too long uh, for people living below God's potential, for the body of Christ, for the champion center. It's been too long for children. Uh, we're strengthening our, 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 our teen ministry, and we're going to be uh, uh, really ministering to different areas. We're going to share uh, much about that with you as we go into 2020. We're going to be um, focused uh, intently on our children's ministry as well. There are some things that we're going to be doing in 2020. I'm so excited about it, but this is what I want to share with you. Guys, it's serious that we have got to get prepared for what God has already prepared for us. And let me just share this with you, that um, I was sharing with, um, with our team that um, uh, many, many years that uh, I have felt a real strong um, leading by God for the fulfillment of Proverbs um, that talks about um, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And uh, when we had our grandchild, which we just celebrated a little over a week ago, her first birthday, it tells me that it's gotten more serious to me that we are to prepare for generational skipping inheritance. This is so critical, guys. Not just leaving something to your children, but leaving something to your children's children. And it really, it perpetuates and it means your children's children's children and your children's 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 children. And so as a result of that, we have been so consumed by do I have enough for what I want rather than do I have what's necessary to endow or to cause an inheritance to my children's children's children. And it won't happen by chance, it won't happen by accident. It's so critical that we prepare ourselves with this big vision that God's going to give you for 2020, for your next several years, this big vision that God will give our, uh, has given our Champion Center, that we, we want to be a place where everybody, the Bible says they came out with the silver and the gold, and there was not one feeble one among them. If it happened to them, how much can, more can it happen to us? That's what happened when they came out of captivity into, into uh, moving toward the promised land. The Bible says in the book of Acts that they, were all, they had all things in common and no one had need of anything. That's the New Testament. One was the Old Testament and we see the fulfillment in the New Testament. Wouldn't that be wonderful if everybody had what they needed and no one had need of anything? You know, the real challenge is that we've got to get a vision for that. We've got to get a dream for that. And just because what is does not mean that it has to be what if. Just because that's been the past doesn't mean that that has to be the future. And so the beautiful thing about it is that I believe that we can come out with the silver and the gold, not a feeble one among us, and also that we can pursue, we can be fulfilled in our lives and then have the dreams that God has given us, the vision that God has given us and your family fulfilled. This is what we're going to do because... How do we get this, all of these things that God wants to do, this big vision that God's given your family, the big vision that God's given the Champion Center? Uh, I call it next steps. See, because so often we try to look so far down the line that we miss the next step. Now, if I look at going to the back of this auditorium and I'm just focused on that, 
and I don't recognize the next step needs to be a jump, I'm going to hurt myself. And I may not make it to the end of this auditorium. I want you to see this. And so sometimes we despise next steps because we see the greater thing that we're going toward. But the way to get to that greater thing would be the next steps.